Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time now to drop the puck for Hockey Sense featuring Andy Strickland. And welcome into Hockey Sense. Great to have you with us as always. Um, the blue season is over, but Hockey Sense continues. You know that here on 590 The Fan. I'm Andy Strickland. Great to have you with us. Um, it's our Friday tradition. We come your way every Friday. 52 weeks of year, a year, 365 days, um, full 12-month calendar. I mean, anybody who's been following the show over the years certainly knows that, and that will not change this year, although it's a little bit different. It is, it is very different. Um, you know, with the Blues being out of the playoffs, it just feels a little bit different. Before we get into a number of different things we're going to talk about today, I do want to remind you that Hockey Sense is brought to you by Four Hands Brewing Company. I voted St. Louis's number one brewing company for several years in a row. They are the absolute best. Stop on in. Check out many of their year-round beers. They've got a bunch of seasonal beers as well. they got that mango lemonade hard seltzer too, baby. And... Um, That'll still be on the shelves for another couple of months, so you still have time to go get that Camastric podcast, Mango Lemonade Hard Seltzer, while it remains on the shelf until we get back to next hockey season. Um, it is the best hard seltzer on the market. I, I will say that. I'm not going to trash any of these other brands that make hard seltzers, but they're not very good. You know that. Uh, you wake up with a terrible hangover. It's full of sugar. It's full of calories. Way too sweet. Not with the Cam and Strick Mango Lemonade Hard Seltzer. I mean, it just goes down, man. It goes down so smooth. You can have more than one. You can have several and feel really good about it. Um, the Strick Nasty Secret, I'll go ahead and let you know what that is right now. At the uh, tasting room, the Four Hands Brewing Company tasting room, which they're expanding, by the way. They're going to have so much going on down there. They've got a new tasting room that they're opening up in Chesterfield, too. They're opening up a tasting room inside the airport. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, millions of people will be walking through that airport and seeing that Four Hands Brewing Company brand, which has truly elevated themselves among the top breweries in all of uh, America. All of North America. But um, here's the secret. Cardinal game days. You know you can park, what is it, like 50 bucks nowadays to park down there? Close to the stadium. Here's the deal. You can park right there at the uh, Four Hands Brewing Company parking lot. 1220 South 8th Street. It's 20 bucks. You can park there. Fully secured parking lot. And here's the deal. When you park there, they're going to give you two tokens for two beers. And I'll tell you this. The walk from the parking lot to Bush Stadium equals the exact to the very second time needed to finish a 16-ounce beer. I mean, if you got there a second, a second earlier, you'd have a little bit left. If you got there a little bit later, uh, you'd be walking with an empty cup. It is the perfect amount of time. So how long does it take 
to drink a 16-ounce beer? Well, the same amount that it takes to walk from Four Hands Brewing Company to Bush Stadium. So stop on in, park, and get your two tokens. Plus, they've got food from Peacemaker. You can have beers. They even have the cocktails, too, going from the uh, 1220 Spirits. Vodkas and gins and all of that. They got wine. They've got a game room upstairs. It's awesome. So check that out. Um, dirt cheap fun fun your one stop party shop. Graduation parties are in full effect. You know we love the local companies. Dirt cheap fun fun brought to you by the Wallace Company. And uh, I mean they are just taking St. Louis by storm. They have completely elevated. The experience of living here in St. Louis. One store at a time. And I love everything the Wallace family is doing. Um, so check that out. Dirt cheap, fun, fun, your one-star party shop. They've got that beer cooler. You know when it gets hot out and people are like, hey, have you seen Andy? Where's, where's Strick Nasty hanging out? Well, I haven't seen him in a while. Well, he's hanging out in that beer cooler again, man. That's where I hang out. Where it's nice and cool. And I don't like the heat. You know that. I do not like the heat, but I love the beer cooler because it's big. They got lots of room, and it's nice and nice and cool. Uh, they got lots of wine. The wine selection's incredible, very underrated. Tons of booze. They've got cigars, but they've got the party supplies. Everything you're looking for for the upcoming graduation party, birthday parties, whatever you have going on this summer. Do not sleep on Dirt Cheap Fun Fun, your one-stop party shop. Download the app. Do it today. They've got a bunch of deals that come with it. And you get uh, basically daily emails full of unbelievable discounts and promotions. Uh, Cardinal Game Day, there's promotions. You get a discount there. Some of their uh, locations even have drive throughs You don't even have to uh, get out of your car. So it's awesome, man. So be sure to check that out. Um, we love our friends over there at Dirt Cheap Fun Fun, your one-stop party shop. All right, so the blues season is over, officially. It's been over, but now it's officially over. And uh, by losing last night in Vancouver, winning, now the blues jump up into the 10th spot. What do they have, like a 3.5% odds to get Connor Bedard? So they're not getting Connor Bedard, we know that. But they couldn't jump up into the top five. We'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. You know, most people probably have the Blues penciled in to draft somewhere between 8 and 11. So it would be cool to get into the top 10. That's the first time the Blues would have gotten into the top 10, what, since Alex Petrangelo. I mean, that's a long time since 2008. The last time the Blues drafted in the top 10. And they drafted in the top 5 that year, too, when they got Petrangelo. Just an interesting year, man. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to make of it. Um, you know, I look at last season, how everything just went... The way it was supposed to go. And, you know, so many things kind of fell into place last year that, that it's just hard to duplicate that year in and year out. Although the Blues have been very successful about getting into the playoffs. But last year, you know, you look at how many 20 goal scorers they had. They had nine. That was historic. Uh, it just doesn't happen very often. Hardly happens at all. Special teams. Terrible this year. Absolutely awful. You want to make the playoffs, you better have some pretty good special teams. You better have some consistency on the special teams. Your PK cannot be among the worst that we've ever seen in the history of the National Hockey League. And certainly among the worst that we've ever seen from the St. Louis Blues. You know, the number of goals the Blues gave up this year, their goals against, was the worst that we've seen in 35 years. 
I mean, that is just astounding. When you look at the players they have on this roster on the back end, led by Pareko, a Stanley Cup winner, Justin Falk, a three-time All-Star, could have been an All-Star again the last couple of years, Tori Krug, a veteran guy who's been around for a long time. Uh, Nick Letty, who's played a ton of playoff games throughout his career. I mean, these guys are all very capable NHL veteran defensemen who had bad years. Now, I get it, and some people want to look at Justin Falk, and I know Falk finished with a career high in points. And he got really hot down the stretch. I mean, you look at Justin Falk's numbers overall in the season. 50 points, career high. He had never gotten to 50 before. He's a minus four on a team that was, what, minus 35, something like that on the season. And... You know, his last two months, man, he really turned it on offensively. But, you know, it's more about what we saw from him specifically in November and December. The production wasn't there. Didn't score a goal in 14 games in all of January. He was minus six in January. I never know how to read into players who perform when the pressure is kind of taken off. It's removed. And I'm not here to pick on Justin Falk by any means. He had a hell of a year, man. This guy's pretty consistent. Very good player. You know what you're going to get from him game in and game out. But I'm also not going to celebrate individual performances when in reality it doesn't impact the season in a positive way. He didn't make the playoffs. He needed to be better earlier in the year, just like a bunch of other guys. And, you know, Colton Pareko was a guy as well. You know, he started to all of a sudden rediscover his game when it was too late. I mean, for Colton Pareko to have this type of season, it's unacceptable. Minus 11 with no goals in the first 19, 20 games of the season. Didn't score a goal until December. Two goals in the season through January. And by the end of January, he was minus 21. And he ended up the season minus 19. So, again, here's a guy who, you know, late in the season he started to to turn it on. You know, from February on, he's a plus player. You know, the last, what, 31 games of the season, he's plus two. But again, too little, too late, man. Where were these guys early in the year? And, you know, you just wonder what the fallout is going to be for the Blues this season. And I I will say this. My feeling is... When you knew the Blues were going to miss the playoffs, and listen, even when they lost eight consecutive games early in the year and then they rebounded would they win seven or eight straight after that then they had another seven or eight game losing streak they kept going back and forth but once you knew they weren't going to make the playoffs 
You know, there was this feeling around the organization when they started trading away guys. When you start trading away Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Barbashev, and, and who knows, man. You know, they, they started to turn it on, if you remember, right just before the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And they were like three points back. And they were starting to feel good about themselves once again. But I think Doug Armstrong, he said, listen, I know this isn't a playoff team. And I, and I, I truly believe the, the feeling around the team at that point was... Um, it's all good. You can't make the playoffs every year. Let's hit the reset button. Let's get some assets. And they did that. You know, Doug Armstrong did a really good job in terms of what he acquired and getting out in front on a couple of these deals and, you know, securing some, some first-round picks. I mean, getting a first-round pick for Tarasenko was huge. I know some people say, well, of course you're going to get a first-round pick for Tarasenko. I mean, listen, the guy had 19 points. Not 19 goals at the time of the uh, of the trade, or maybe it was 29 points. Well, I know it ended with a nine. <laughs> Regardless, he wasn't having a good year at all. wasn't scoring goals. Somehow, some way, he made the All Star team. And I think the Blues probably had some influence in him making the All-Star team. I think every team has influence on who gets represented from their team. Yeah, Tarasenko had 29 points in 38 games for the Blues this season. Ten goals. So I think at that time, the fan base was buying into the idea, let's hit the reset button, let's get some assets, and then let's come back next year and let's be ready to go. And listen, I'm still on board with that. Don't get me wrong. I am completely on board with that. There really is no other option right now anyway, as the season is over. But the one thing you want to avoid is this turning into a two, three, four, five-year absence from the Stanley Cup playoffs like we've seen from some of these other teams. It's always interesting how every team looks at things differently. Like in Buffalo, they're planning a parade right now by barely missing the playoffs. And they can't wait for next season. And they're like, oh, my God, we made it so close. Look how good. They haven't made the playoffs in, what, like 15 years or something? Like, it's been a long time for the Buffalo Sabres. So, you know, they can celebrate missing the playoffs once again. You know, the Blues aren't in that situation. And now that it's become a reality where you miss the playoffs and you finish with a a record below 500 for, like, the first time in 15 years, which is a pretty nice feat to go 15 consecutive years of at least – a 500 record, but we all know a 500 record doesn't even get you near the playoffs anyway. You better be well above the playoffs. With all these teams that are getting, you know, these three-point games. I mean, look at the uh, second wild card right now in the Western Conference finished with 95 points. You need 95 points to get into the playoffs. But now that the reality is set in and you miss the playoffs, I think it hurts. With the playoffs about to begin, and you're going to sit down and start watching playoff hockey every single night. And I love the first round. It's my favorite round to watch. I think the intensity is at the highest. I think guys are fresh. The adrenaline is through the roof. I mean, guys are out there absolutely just trying to kill one another. And it's crushing guys. It is the most exciting, the most exhilarating, the most entertaining form of ice hockey you will ever see. And that's the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But how do you feel now, Blues fans, knowing that you're not getting in compared to maybe how you felt two months ago? Doesn't it feel a little bit different? Two months ago, you're like, okay, hit the reset button. It's not our year. 
go ahead and trade these guys, get what you can get for them, and then come back next year. But now that the playoffs are here and you're not getting in, that is, that is difficult to accept. Spending to the cap, coming into a season where you truly believed that this was a year that um, they could not only get into the playoffs, but you felt like, hey, the window was still open for another push to make a real run into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, it's not happening. So now it's time to reflect and and evaluate what went down. What happened? I mean, we touched on the special teams. Defensively, absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And... I, I can't just put it on the players. You can't just put it on the players. The players are responsible, ultimately. But I, I, I think the structure that this team played with, um, specifically the first 60 games of the season, 50 games, it just wasn't good enough. And for whatever reason, they weren't ever able to get it together and fix it. You know, Jordan Bennington had what a lot of people feel like was a successful season. He finished with, a what, a 500 record, a career high, 61 games played. He got 27 wins, his save percentage at 89%, and a 3.31 goals against average. I mean, those numbers don't really tell the whole story. But they certainly tell a part of the story. As good as Jordan Bennington played this season, he's got to be better. And he needs more help in front of him. I just cannot believe how bad this team played defensively. It's a head-scratcher. So, the fallout will be interesting. What will Doug Armstrong choose to do? Are all the coaches coming back? Are they making changes? You know, you lose Jim Montgomery last season. Listen, I, I know he's an assistant coach, and I know he's a really good coach, but I can't put it all on Jim Montgomery not being here as to why this team struggled defensively. It doesn't even add up. He didn't run the D last year. So, I'm not advocating change, but what I do know from my experience covering hockey and covering the NHL and this hockey team now, it has finished my 23rd season, is that when you have high expectations, not just expectations, but extremely high expectations, and you don't reach those expectations, you fall well short of those expectations, changes tend to happen. Unforeseen changes tend to happen. So whether that's players, whether that's coaches, whether who knows where we're talking here. 
you just don't come back with the same team next season. That's, that's very unlikely, and I think we all know that. So I'd be fine if the same coaching staff came back. I mean, we all know Craig Berube isn't going anywhere, and he shouldn't be going anywhere. But we'll see what happens. Because they're going to have to tighten things up, certainly, um, from that standpoint. That's just the way it goes. When you don't, when you don't reach expectations, even though you've had a ton of success over the years, I think you tend to really dive in deep on certain things and try to figure out, okay, what do we need to do to improve? And so I, I, those are areas that they will look at. It's not a guarantee that they're going to make a change there. I'm not advocating it once again. I'm just speaking uh, in, in reality. Um, offensively, they, they, they need to figure out who's playing where. You got guys playing center certain certain games. You guys got playing guys. You know, got guys playing wing certain games. You're trying to experiment with different things. So as much as they need a defender to solidify their group back there and listen maybe Tyler Tucker's going to make the team I just don't know if he's the guy I think even a guy like Colton Pareko needs a partner who can elevate his game stabilize his game and whether or not they can identify who that is remains to be seen I, I don't see the Blues being active in free agency I just don't see that I think they've gone down that road doesn't mean they won't sign a free agent, but it's not going to be a significant one. I think they've gone down that road in recent years, and I think they want to pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on free agency. They did that with Tory Krug. Um, they did it with Nick Letty, who I know was here. Uh, you know, signed here at the or was traded here at the previous trade deadline, but then he ultimately signed as a free agent after the free agent period began. Nick or uh, Brandon Saad is another guy who they signed as a free agent in recent years. And listen, I don't mind Saad. He fell short of uh, 20 goals this season for first time in a while, but you know he's relatively. Reliable. Played 71 games this season. 78 last season. 44 in a 48-game season. Or a, what was it? A 56-game season the year before. And that was with Colorado. But his last two seasons here, he had 49 points last season. This year he had 37. 24. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Four goals last season. 19 this season. You can pretty much chalk him up for 20 goals every year. That's what he is. But I, I just don't see the Blues being active in free agency. I think they want to pump the brakes there. Now, in terms of making trades, that's a completely different ballpark. And you can never predict what kind of trades are going to be made. But when the Blues have as many assets as they do now, with first-round picks, um, I, I expect Doug Armstrong to trade at least one of those first-round picks. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll trade it for a roster player. You may package a first-round pick with another pick or whatever, or a player, to move up in the draft. You know, there's different things that you can do. You can move down in the draft, too. If they feel like there's a player that they've identified who they want that'll be available later in the draft. I do think the Blues are going to be looking hard. And when I say hard, I mean very hard at acquiring um, a defenseman, if not two defensemen, with two of those three first-round picks, assuming they use all three. But especially even with that first round. Listen, they're going to keep their first first first-round pick, especially if they're drafting in the top ten. They will not be moving that pick. They're going to use that pick, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if if the Blues look defense first. That is probably the path that they need to take. If they can get a franchise defenseman, uh, that would really uh, suit the Blues well moving forward. They need that in the worst way. Those guys are hard to find. I mean, all you got to do is look at the free agent class and who's available, and we'll get into that in the coming weeks here on Hockey Sense. You know, you look at the free agent class, who's available. Listen, more and more teams are locking up their best players long before they ever reach free agency, and we saw the Blues do that, obviously, last offseason with a couple of their young guys. And you see more and more teams do that, too. And the Blues did it, obviously, with uh, Pareko. You just don't see too many quality defensemen hit the open market. You know, the Blues traded for Justin Falk, and they ended up, you know, making a trade there. So, or ended up signing him after they traded him. Sign-in trade. So, um, this is going to be really, really interesting. Now, I want to get into Thomas and Cairo. Guys like Verana, guys like Kasperi Kapanen. Listen, Kapanen, Verana... You know, these guys passed the test. I, I, I think both guys came better than advertised. I mean, you look at Kasperi Kapanen. He had 14 points in 23 games here with the Blues compared to 20 points in 43 games with Pittsburgh this year. Eight goals with St. Louis. Finishes the year with 15 goals. I think his natural ability to play defense or the understanding he has with the defensive side of the game, I think is a real plus for the Blues moving forward. I don't know if the Blues are going to keep both Kapanen and Verona beyond next season. Both guys obviously are going to be here. 
They're going to both factor into your top nine. Jake Neighbors is going to factor into your top nine. But I think the real test now for guys like Kappen and, and Verana, it begins next season. When you're, when you're starting from scratch, it's a clean slate, and you are fighting tooth and nail every single game to assure a spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Are you able, are you willing, are you capable of playing in the trenches where you have to fight for ice and compete for ice and win battles and, um, you know, do the little things that require you to, to pay a price? I think Kapanen can, and I think Verona can. Listen, I will say this about Verona before I get into him. The fact that he has won a Stanley Cup tells me that he, he can play in the trenches. I mean, you can't be on a Stanley Cup winning team and play in that time of the year, in those situations, those type of meaningful games, when the stakes are at their highest and the competition the level of hockey, the level of play is at its highest. You can't tell me that he can't do it. But you can tell the defensive side of the game is not overwhelmingly interesting to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's more interested in using what he does best, which is shoot and skate. He's got speed and he's got a shot. I mean, that's what you're getting with Jacob Verana. Jakob Verana, sorry, whatever you want to call him. Jakob Verana, listen, you're getting a shot, you're getting skating ability. Um... And I don't want to sit here and say not much else besides that, but because that's a lot. Uh, you get a guy who can score goals the way that he can score, and you get guys who can play at the pace and can skate the way that he can skate. You're, it's, it's not like you're not getting anything. You're getting an awful lot. This guy's a good player. Good enough to commit to him beyond next season. What do you think? Do you need to see more? I, I think I do. He ended up with 14 points in 20 games with the Blues. He scored 10 goals in 20 games. I mean, that's a good pace right there. And he got hot at one point in time, but he finished the year a little bit on the cool side. One goal in his last seven games... And he just wasn't as visible, wasn't as noticeable. And you saw some games where his ice time reflected that. He played 10-26 against Minnesota in Minnesota a couple of games ago. 13-46 in the home game against Dallas, the first of the two back-to-back games to close out the season. So when you see those type of ice time numbers, you, you, you get an idea of what the coaching staff is thinking. As much as people talk about Jordan Cairo not being a guy who's fully committed to playing defense and the defensive side of things and all of that, I mean, Jaka Verana, he may even have less interest in playing defense than Jordan Cairo. Okay? But I will say this about, and again, getting back to Verano, listen, he's played in the Stanley Cup final. He's won a Stanley Cup. This, this guy knows what it takes to win. And there's something to be said for that. I remember years ago, one of my first couple of years covering the Blues, and the Blues traded for Sean Podine. And I remember Al McInnes was a player at the time, and I remember talking to Al McInnes in the dressing room after a practice, and we were talking about Sean Podine coming to the Blues. And I said, what do you think about Podine coming to the Blues? And he said, listen, you can have, never have enough guys who have won. 
The more guys you can have on your roster who have won a Stanley Cup, the better you'll be. And so I, 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 I'll, I'll still you know, put some stock into Jacob Verana from that standpoint. He, he is a winner. This guy's won before. He's a hell of a goal scorer too, man. Ten goals in 20 games is nothing to laugh at. That's a 40-goal pace. And so next year, with a full season, there's no reason that he shouldn't be north of 30 goals with his ability. Less than 30 will tell you that he didn't accomplish the level of goal scoring that he's capable of scoring. Now, with Jordan Cairo, and I've said this several times, the hardest thing to do in hockey, especially at that level in the NHL, is score goals. There's very few guys who can truly score at an elite level. Cairo you know, has proven that he can do that. This guy scores 37 points this year. Or excuse me, 37 goals, 73 points. So he improves his goal totals by 10. He had 27 goals last season, gets to 37 this year, 75 points last season, 73 this year. His assist numbers were down. Minus 38. Now, last season he was plus 10. A little bit of a different situation. You had David Perron who was here. You had Tarasenko who was here the full season. You know, both those guys obviously occupying you know, primary spots on your top or on the right side. And and so now Jordan Kyrie's taken, you know, a, a bulk and a huge share of that responsibility. The most difficult thing to do in hockey is to score goals. This guy can score. He can beat NHL goaltenders routinely. He can beat them cleanly. He's got a hell of a release. You know, doesn't have a one-time, doesn't take slap shots, but his wrist shot is is lethal. And we all know that his speed is lethal. Now, the problem I see with Jordan Cairo too often is he turns pucks over, he loses an edge, he falls, he can be sloppy with his stick handling. You know, you see some of that. Where he overhandles it, loses control, boom, the other team's going the other way. He's got to find a way to calm some of that stuff down. But when you can score the way he can score, you got a lot of positives to work with here. The other stuff, the defensive side of the game, I truly can be coached. Now, he's going to have to meet the coaching staff in the middle and be willing to make some sacrifices and be willing to truly try to improve his game defensively. If you're not willing to, to try to improve your game defensively, you're going to be... You're going to have real issues. But but I believe when it comes to Jordan Kyrou that he can do that. And so the good news is the deficiencies in his game can be coached. You can't coach a player to score goals. You can coach a player to help him have more success offensively in terms of where to go on the ice, play closer to the net, yeah, try to score some greasy goals. I mean, you can certainly coach the offensive side of the game. You you know what I'm saying. But you know his his creativity, his magic, his his uh, his shot, and all that. It's just that that that's that's him. That's Jordan Cairo. 
He's done that at every level. This is nothing new. And so now what's the next level for him to get to? He wants to be a 100-point scorer. He wants to be a 40-goal scorer. Well, he can obviously get to 40. He got to 37 this year. He got to 73 points and 37 goals and having a terrible year in reality. And everything wasn't all bad. He scored some big goals. He scores a lot of goals against bad teams, too. I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you look at his splits, and you look at some of the teams that he played against. Um, you know, he'll eat up on a lot of bad teams, but you know what? A lot of good goal scorers do that. That's, he's no different. But you want to see him improve his game defensively. He has to. And, you know, I know the contract, and everyone always brings up the contract, and they'll be talking about that forever. As long as Jordan Cairo is here, people are going to be bringing up that contract. But I think you get to a point in your career where you are, um, you just want to win. And I think eventually he's going to get there. You know, when you're young, you're, you're, you're producing to get that big contract. You know, once you get the big contract and you're getting paid... I think you realize, hey, it doesn't matter if I score 50 goals next year or 40 goals next year. I'm getting paid the exact same. But there's something to be said about missing the playoffs versus getting in and, and, and you know going on a run and winning a Stanley Cup. You know, Jordan Kyrou missed that. Don't forget, he had a knee injury that year. He was around a little bit, but he certainly wasn't a part of it. So, I'm interested just like everybody else, to see what he brings to the table next year. Now, Robert Thomas, similar situation. He's got to get himself in shape, and he knows that. The conditioning aspect of him as a player needs to be taken to the next level. People close to him tell me that. The Blues certainly know that. He knows that. And now it's up to him to make that commitment. The Blues have made the commitment to him, and trust me, he'll be reminded about this when they have their exit meetings, and you know, he was dealing with some stuff here. Listen, Robert Thomas dealing with some, some migraine issues and stuff like that down the stretch, man, that, that is not easy what he's been dealing with. Um, but we've seen Robert Thomas play at a really high level, and there were flashes of that this season where he played some really good games and he had some success. There's another level for Robert Thomas to get to. There is another level for Robert Thomas to get to. And I think with a little bit of commitment off the ice, he should be able to get there. But, you know, 67 points in seven or 65 points in 73 games. This guy should be an automatic point-per-game player. 90 points should be where he's at, minimum. You look at these guys around the league that are all putting up big-time numbers, man. He should be in that category. So you just hope some of these guys take it to heart that they're missing the playoffs. People asking who the MVP of the team is, listen, for the most part, I would say Pavel Buchnevich. 
I think he was their best player this year. Now, moving him around from wing to center, I don't know. you got to find a position, but he should have a huge say in that. If he doesn't want to play center, don't force the issue. He's a hell of a winger. He makes you better. He makes you a lot better. So do not force the issue there if he doesn't want to play center. If he's okay with it and the coaching staff likes him there and they feel like it makes the team better, then listen, I'm not going to make too big a deal out of it at all. That's for them to decide. But if he's not comfortable there and he doesn't want to play in the middle, you just can't force that with a player of his caliber. You're paying him a lot of money. You need him to be in a situation where you know he's truly able to drive the team at the level that you know he can and that you expect him to be able to do. You know, He and Robert Thomas, to me, are a no-brainer one-two combo. And I'm not talking one-two up the middle. I'm talking about as a you know center-wing pair. And I know Kyrie wants to play with Thomas, and Thomas sometimes wants to play with Kyrie and all that, but you know I, I think Buchnevich and Thomas need to stay together. And we'll see what happens with guys like O'Reilly, man. There's a lot of people. You talk to people around town, uh, especially those who are, who are even tight with Ryan O'Reilly. There's a lot of people who fully believe that he's coming back here. And I think they need him. I think they need him from a cultural standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. Nothing against the leaders inside that room. But listen, I think it was a real eye-opener after the trades. Just how long it took this team to rediscover themselves, to get their feet underneath them, and to get over the trades. I, I think the trade deadline all season long weighed heavily on this team. With guys like Barbashev, who had never been through this before, didn't know if he was coming, if he was going. Some people believe that he's going to end up coming back, too. Now, listen, the Blues will, will make a strong attempt to get Barbashev back here, but you know, once he gets a taste of Vegas, which he already has, and he gets a taste of Vegas in the playoffs, who knows? If they want to keep him, I, I just find it hard to believe that he wouldn't want to stay there in Vegas. Players seem to really enjoy playing there, but you never know. And if he's available, maybe the Doug, you know, Doug Armstrong tries to bring him back. Um, but I do think O'Reilly, the, the, the chances are very strong with him coming back. Tarasenko, I don't see that happening. I think that ship has sailed. We talked about that last week. Who knows where he's going to go? He's going to have to have a good playoff to really drive up his price and get anywhere close to what he envisioned for himself coming into this season. Because he's not staying in New York. They don't have the money for him. Where is he going to end up? I think we're all curious to see how that plays out with Vladimir Tarasenko. You want to know Tarasenko's numbers real quick before we take a break? Let's see. Where are we at here? Rangers, they lost last night to Toronto 3 2, the final. Tarasenko, no points last night. He had two shots on goal, played 16 0 2. And he finishes his time in the regular season there with New York with 21 points in 31 games. About the same pace that he was on here in St. Louis this season. So he ends up the year with 50 points and 18 goals and 50 points. 29 points here in St. Louis in 38 games, 21 points in 31 games with the New York Rangers. He had eight goals in 31 games with the Rangers. And I know they're deep. 
I don't subscribe to the idea, well, Sammy Blay had more points than Vladimir Tarasenko after the trade was made. I get it. Blay also had no goals in 54 games while playing with the Rangers. It's a little easier here for him to find a role within the top nine, to find himself on the power play. He's not finding himself on the power play there. They're, they're so loaded. They're so deep in New York. It's difficult. It's not easy. When you got all those superstars around you, people just think you can just go in there and all of a sudden just tear it up. You know, sometimes, hey, Tarasenko's used to being the guy in every situation. All of a sudden, you go to New York, he no longer is that guy. They got Panarin. And they had Patrick Kane. What is, Patrick Kane, man. Speaking of Kane. Finishes the year with 57 points in 73 games. But in New York... 12 points in 19 games. They, they have not been thrilled with him. He's been dealing with an injury as well. We'll see how that plays out. Big shout-out to Jonathan Taves, by the way. Played his final game with the Chicago Blackhawks last night. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for uh, the captain. Longtime captain. Three-time Stanley Cup winner. Of the Chicago Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves. What a career. Future Hall of Famer for sure. All right, 314 Sports Cards. Uh, they got a big event coming up here this weekend, tomorrow. 9640 Olive Boulevard in Olivet. I've been telling you about my boy Devin Sant for quite some time now. He is the best in the business. There's no doubt. National Hockey Card Day. Tomorrow at 314 Sports Cards. Get out there and uh, enjoy See my boy Devin. They've got the best selection of hockey cards you'll find anywhere in North America. Now, they have everything else as well. Of course, they've got baseball cards, huge selection of baseball cards. They've got PGA cards. They've got XFL cards. They've got uh, uh, World Cup soccer cards, NFL cards, NBA cards. Anything you're looking for, they'll pull it for you. But their selection of hockey cards is absolutely incredible. It's the best in North America. You'll find anybody you're looking for. Plus, they've got TVs. They've got couches. You can go in there and chill. If you've got a collection of hockey cards sitting in your house, and you're like, or baseball cards, or cards in general, you're like, what do I do with these? I don't want them anymore. Well, take them in. Devin May end up taking them from you and taking them off your hands. He'll trade you. He'll buy them from you. Um, he'll tell you how much they're worth. And I say you don't want to get rid of them, but you're curious to know what you have. Is this particular card worth anything? Let Devin take a look at it. The best sports card guru in St. Louis, hands down, is Devin Sant. 314 Sports Cards. Check it out. 9640 Olive Boulevard in Olivet. We love the support we get from 314 Sports Cards. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up this edition of uh, Hockey Sense. Great to have you with us, as always. It's always a pleasure, always fun. I love doing this every single Friday. And again, we'll continue doing this throughout the course of the uh, of the summer we will not stop we'll have full draft coverage prospect camp coverage playoff coverage so much coming your way listen i just wanted to talk and get a lot of stuff off my really focus on the blues to be honest with you on this edition of uh, of hockey sense i hope you enjoyed it here uh, on a friday afternoon beautiful weather today once again here in st louis all right we'll take in a break we'll come back and continue on this edition of hockey sense i'm andy strickland don't go anywhere